Welcome to, like, the TB Toycast. If you play with toys, you will score. <laughs> yeah, yeah, toys are cool, like fire, fire. <laughs> you won't score, Beavis. You're too much of a butt monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, butthead. I'll play with all the toys, then I'm definitely gonna score. <laughs> <laughs> toys are cool, Beavis. A big toy collection gets you all the chicks. And if you, like, listen to the TB Toycast, you will definitely score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't wait to score. <laughs> Everyone will score but you, Beavis. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, butthead. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time once again for the TV Toy Cast. My name is Brian, and joining me as always on this adventure down the toy aisle is my pal Jeff. Jeff, are you ready to talk some toys? I am ready to talk some toys. I'm a little tired, but I'm ready to talk about these little dolls that uh, we discuss every single week. Um, I was kind of telling you, my job is like at the end of the year is always like this. So for the past 14 yeah, yeah. years, it's been you feel like Rocky after facing Ivan Drago or something like that. You, you know, your face yes. is bruised. You're like, I'm doing great. You know, that type of thing. <laughs> Dude, I get it, man. Like December, is, you know, as we, as this drops, this will air just after Christmas. It's, it's probably the busiest. I, I see you throwing back a cold energy drink. There, oh huh? yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> the old ticker, the old tickers needs it, man. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. But the, when you get into December, man, it is such a hectic and busy month. Like as a kid, Christmas was like the best, right? Cause you had nothing to worry about just mm -hmm. if you're naughty or nice. Right. And now as like an adult, you're planning like, okay, well I get paid this day. So I'll buy these gifts. I get paid that day. I'll buy those gifts and hope I don't run out of money. And like, <laughs> you have to try to figure it out, but it is a brutal time of the year for sure. Yeah, it is, especially with the medical field. As I was telling you before, we mm -hmm. basically what we do is we deal with donated human tissue and bone from cadavers. Yeah. When I first heard you say that, I was like, oh my God, that's what they it's what he does. <laughs> it's kind of like on rat race when uh Wayne Knight's driving the mail truck or something and he's got a heart in there. <laughs> you you want to look at it? <laughs> But anyways, uh, what happens is, is a lot of people try to get their um, surgeries done under their insurance and to get the deductibles and all that other stuff. So anyways, uh, it gets to be a very busy time of the year. So not only are you trying to do Christmas gifts and make sure you have all the parties and all the you know family mm -hmm. gatherings and everything and gifts for everybody, but then you also are working 13 hour days, 12, 13, 14 hours a day, checking your email before you go to bed, you know, making sure- yeah reps aren't blowing you up and if they are then you're right back on the computer so anyways it's a vicious cycle uh but anyways you feel the pressure at the end of the day but you kind of mentioned this you kind of need that decompression and podcasting yeah. is one of those decompressions that definitely helps us it's it's crazy because i think you would get this i'm sure scott would get this anyone who does podcasts like there are days when you're just like you know like you don't necessarily want to do it but when you're done you're usually like glad you did it like yeah. it's it's a sense of accomplishment and it it's you know, like me and you just talking right now it's it's fun right just talking toys or the nintendo which is our main event this week i'm super excited to dive into that um to me it just it's this it's this uh creative outlet that we need otherwise your day is like wake up go to the gym go to work eat 
go home, you know, I mean, yep. or, you know, go home, eat, go to bed, you know, it's, yep. and that's your day. And so when you throw in stuff like this, it does help, you know, have a little bit more fun in your, in your life. Well, like you said, it breaks up the monotony of the constant yeah. uh, groundhog day over and over. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It, it definitely does help. Uh, but the Nintendo is our main event this week. I thought this would be a fun one to dive into uh, being that it is Christmas time, you know, eight bit Christmas and all that <laughs> stuff. Uh, Nintendo is a huge, uh, a huge want for a lot of kids in the eighties. Um, we'll dive into this more in the main event, but uh, I know you obviously are a Nintendo fan. Do you remember when you and Scott got your Nintendo? Sure do. Man, I just cracking it open, playing Super Mario. We had Super Mario. We had Duck Hunt. We had Gyromite. Um, nice. I don't remember any other games outside of those when we first got it, but I remember cracking it open, playing Duck Hunt. Dad, we, Dad loved Duck Hunt because oh, it's so fun. Our dad is also a duck hunter, so he was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, you know, this little dumb dog laughing at me is funny," you know. <laughs> but you know, then we. We're playing Super Mario. I'll kind of drop this one in outside of the main event, but Super Mario was the very first time I ever heard my mom curse. <laughs> I And I remember the exact location. So what happened was, is the Nintendo at first had to be downstairs and kind of give you a backstory. Parents have a tri-level house. The Nintendo and the game room always went to the spare room. So, but for some reason, I can't remember why, but the Nintendo was downstairs. I was outside playing in the backyard and mom is playing Super Mario. And all of a sudden, as I'm in the backyard, I hear shit. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't think that's a good word. That's not a good one. And so I look in and mom is playing Super Mario and she had died. So anyway, she starts back up. She's playing. And then I, I forget what I was doing in the backyard. All of a sudden I hear shit. (laughs) <laughs> and i'm like holy crap mom is saying shit like this was a, a no-no in the house you do not curse but that's the first time i ever heard my mom curse not the last time i ever heard my mom curse uh there were three t- three video games that she did curse at one mario two tetris and i don't remember i don't know if you remember this game from sega genesis columns yeah, columns, sure. Yeah, that was kind of like their answer to Tetris, right? Exactly. Mom was cursing at columns all the time. And we ended up having to hide the game because it was annoying because we <laughs> wanted to play Sega and mom would be hooked on columns. Oh, exactly. Man, that's that's crazy. I, I remember my cousins got their Nintendo and I was pretty young. But like, you know, their dad... My uncle was like calling everybody, hey, we got a Nintendo. And like everyone was going over. We were just like blown away by what this was. Like, oh my gosh, this is the craziest thing ever. And and I just remember all the comments like, wow, you can play it on your TV. Like, this is so crazy. And just mm-hmm. watching people play was just like, if you have not watched 8-Bit Christmas, it, it's that that feeling is so encapsulated in that movie. Yep. And and everything else. It's just it's a really, really cool thing. And I was actually watching this documentary on uh, on Netflix called High Score. I don't know if you've seen it. It's a documentary series mm-hmm. similar to the toys that made us. And apparently with, with the Atari and, and, and things of that nature, the home video consoles were not doing well. No financially. And so that's why they called it the Nintendo Entertainment System. They wanted to take the word like home video console out so that they could possibly like rebrand and that's why it looked like a vcr and everything else like i guess and i was like wow i never knew that but 
yeah, man, to me, the Nintendo will always be the uh, the number one video game thing ever because it was just having a Nintendo was just the coolest thing, especially back then. Yeah. Do you remember? Well, I don't know if you remember this, but do you remember people getting games from overseas and they were getting games like six or seven months ahead of time? This even don't. happened was this even happened with Super Nintendo. It's funny. I had a friend. He had a hookup in uh, Japan or China, and he was getting he got NBA Jam like eight months prior to us getting it out here in the states. So he lived about a mile and a half away. So I would walk to his house every try to every day just to play NBA Jam. Oh yeah. And it was the greatest thing. And by the time NBA Jam came out here in the States, I was like, oh, I've already played it enough. I'm kind of like over it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't remember that. But um, and I was going to bring this up in the main event, but I bring it up now. Do you remember the 10 Gen games? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like I never because I had RBI baseball as a kid mm-hmm. and I had no idea it wasn't licensed. Like how crazy is that? That they this other company's like, you know what? We're going to make games for this console. But give them none of the money, <laughs> and like keep like that was the craziest thing. But I remember thinking like that's weird that it looks different, you know. But yeah, wow, it still works. I guess no problem. Yeah, but yeah, car- that that was so crazy. The cartridge was different. Uh, the the graphics were the graphics were what they were, but mm-hmm. the the game was different. It just felt different every time you pulled out a tension game. And like you said, we had RBI baseball too, and we played the hell out of RBI baseball. Oh yeah. And what other games came out for the tension? There, I remember there was a fight. There was a, there was a few. There was a fighting game. I remember we used to play all the time too. I just can't remember which one. Yeah, that that's the main because I didn't know until many years later that those were licensed games. And I was like, well, that makes sense. That's why they look different, right? But how how ballsy to, to like, hey, we're gonna make games for this console just on our own, you know? And yeah, like it was just a, such a different time to to think about doing that now would just be insane. But right. But we'll dive into all that in the main event. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to Nintendo. Um, we do have a little bit of toy talk this week. Um, we are recording a little bit ahead of time to kind of give us ourselves a break for Christmas. But, um, dude, Power Town. I feel like Power Town was quiet for so long. We all kind of were like, hmm, wonderful. See a series two. Then, then not long after that, they announce that they're going to do a Remco line. But no images, just just the lineup. And now they've they've shown some images from the Remco line. We talked about that last week. We're both super stoked for that. They've announced Series 2 of the Ultras. They've announced a new um, Diamond Collection, Carrie Von Eric exclusive, which will be, it's actually up for pre-order now mm-hmm. as, we, as, a, as this drops. And they've announced a partnership with TNA Wrestling to make TNA figures. Right. Will, they be, will they be Ultras? Will they be Remco? We don't know, but they've announced a partnership with TNA. So a lot of things happening with Power Town, man. Like, so they they've been quiet, but they've been working. Yeah, they've they're they just all of a sudden have had like massive amount of news, like big news too. On top of that, the past mm-hmm. couple of weeks, the licensing for TNA is huge. TNA is probably what fourth largest wrestling promotion right now. I would say so. I mean, I think they're still viable. I think they've got a cool business model. I like the fact that they do the their own app and they have like live specials they're not mm-hmm. pay-per-views but they're like live specials i think that's really cool i think they've got a, a pretty cool roster of guys um and, and realistically they haven't had figures since jacks right mm-hmm. and, and those you know weren't my favorites i'll be honest but i did like the toy biz line and mm-hmm. and 
me and you were kind of talking before we started recording and I'm like, you know, I know that there was that planned line from Chella of four figures, Deanna Perrazzo, Jordan Grace, Moose, and Eddie Edwards that ended up not happening. So I don't know if that will be what wave one is, but they basically said wave one will be available summer 2024. Tells me they're probably already working on it. And wave two, I guess they want in hand in December 2024. So 12 months from now, we should have two waves of this. So they plan to hit the ground running. So it seems, but me and you were talking and like, who do they include in here? And, you know, you were kind of mentioning classic TNA guys, but it's like, you know, that who can they even pull from that list? There's not that many names, right? No. So you could, you could probably pull an Elix Skipper. You could yep. get, I don't know about Christopher Daniels might be able to get Christopher Daniels. You might be able to get America's most wanted. Yeah. Um, and that's, that is one that I think a lot of collectors would be hoping for is America's most wanted. That would be, that would be to me, they were a huge bright spot in early TNA for sure. You know, I know uh, their first NWA champion under the TNA banner was Ken Shamrock, but he yep. seems to have signed a new legends deal. Right. Cause right. we saw that figure. We're seeing some t-shirts and stuff. So that doesn't seem likely. Um, Abyss works backstage with TNA. Um, so that doesn't seem likely. Um, uh, uh, you know, Bobby works, Roode's with WWE. So Abyss works backstage with WWE. Right. Oh, you right. said TNA. So. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. WWE. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. But yeah, so I, there's not a Jeff Jarrett's with AEW. Like there's a lot. Kurt Angle uh, is under a WWE deal, right? So a lot of the names don't seem like they're probably possible to get as far as like legendary characters but you never know man like i, I mean i think shark boy would be kind of fun you know <laughs> i think ron and don harris were kind of a, a part of tna there for a minute so that's possible I don't, I don't know i don't know which way they go with it so it would be cool to uh, monty brown we were talking about monty brown yeah monty brown would be awesome he was a big bright spot in that early tna years but freaking uh, alpha male dude he was uh, awesome dude he was great and he's a former Buffalo Bill too. So anyways, yeah, he was. but you know, you get, you mix the new guys with the older talent, dude. I mean, you're just hitting a home run right there. I mean, you're getting the third or fourth biggest promotion in the wrestling industry right now. You know, you've oh, got, yeah. a, you got WWE and AEW up top, but then below you've got new Japan, you've got TNA. Uh, what other promotions are there's, well, there's like MLW that's kind of in that area. Um, MLW. Yeah. The, obviously, you know, AAA or, or CMLL in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got like, you know, all Japan, Noah, some other smaller Japanese companies, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think TNA is right in there and, and there's a lot of guys like the motor city machine guns are still there. I think Alex yep. Shelley's their world champion and you know, they've been through TNA for many, many years. Here's an interesting one. I was looking at the roster today to just kind of see like who they had bully rays on the roster. Go ahead. But I was going to say like, okay, how does that work? Because we all know he signed a WWE legends deal, right? Yep. Yep. So it might be one of those things like, okay, we'll make Bubba Ray Dudley. You guys can make bully Ray and we'll all be happy. And the collectors will rejoice. I don't see it going down that way. But <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, so. I don't to me this is just a cool thing and uh to me power town has done a great job with everything that they put out so i'm i'm looking forward to it yeah definitely looking forward to it curious what their lineups are going to look like and what figures or what i don't think they're going to do any remco style figures it just doesn't seem like they would do that with the tna line i don't probably not right out of the gate no i think it's going to mainly stick with their bread and butter the ultras I would, I would agree. And I think that that's cool. You know, I, I know when uh, they announced the Myers Cardona two pack, 
Myers came with like the impact digital media title or whatever it was called. I was like, well, that's interesting. They got a deal with TNA. So mm-hmm. obviously we can see that that's, uh, that's been in the works for a while. So I think yep. it's cool. Yep. So good for Powertown. I mean, kind of laying yeah. the weeds there. Hey, we're going to release our series one, but we're going to kind of stay low a little bit. And all of a sudden it's like, boom, two weeks in a row. Here's some news. Yeah. And apparently there's more to come. So I know uh, Steve Rosenthal put out a, a statement saying expect more all the way through the holidays. So hopefully more news is to come. I would love to see a series one of TNA announcement. Mm-hmm. I mean, because obviously if they plan for these to be in hand in the summer, then, you know, they've already got it kind of in the works. So I would love to see that. I'd like to see more images from the ultras for series two, as well as the Remco style. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's on the horizon, but I'd like to see a ring. I think that'd be fun. Oh yeah. For either, for either scale. So would you go six sides of uh six sides of it? If they're doing TNA, you got to do a six sided ring. That was to me the, the coolest thing TNA had going for it, in my opinion. It, and it wasn't that it was like that much better or anything, but it looked so different. It was like, Whoa, what is this? Mm-hmm. Well, Jeff Jarrett was talking about that. And he said, because they had a six sided ring, I was it Jax or um, I think it was uh, the toy biz, still. toy biz. They made a six sides of steel and or a six sided ring. And Jeff said, because of that, Toys R Us was like, hey, we want your ring. You know? Yeah. He said it was hard to get in any of the toy stores, but that was like, okay, yeah, we'll do it then. This one's different. So we can, but hey, we'll take this one. And it's interesting because like rings tend to not do well as much nowadays. Have you noticed that? I don't feel like they move as well as they used to. Mm, they've got to be pretty special for them to move, to say the yeah. least. Like, you know, you've got to have the floorboards and you've got to have canvas and, you know, stuff like you that. You've got to have something that makes it different and stand out. Exactly. Like when yeah. like when they released the Ultimate Ring. When I say they, WWE released the Ultimate Ring. You know, it had all the bells and whistles. It had the floorboards and had all this. Remember when they came out with those rings that had the light up posts and stuff like that? Those did well, but then a few months later, you could find them at Ross or Marshall's for half price. Is that the ones that came with like Goldberg and Jinder Mahal and yes. stuff? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I remember those not being the, uh, the hottest mover. So, um, but yeah, it, it's always interesting to see where uh, all the, what all the companies are going to pull off. So I'm excited for power town. I'm glad that we got some more stuff coming. And I think, you know, the fact that they do ultras, man, it would be really cool. Like if they, let's say they get Sabu signed because he was a part of TNA off and on a few times. Mm-hmm. You could do a Sabu versus like matched up with your ultra bruiser Brody. I think that's really cool. So kind of blending the two lines would be kind of a fun thing. So you kind of skimmed over the Carrie Von Eric diamond yeah. collection. Are you getting that? No. And the reason I'm not is because I have the original. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to Steve Hoker about this, which I didn't know this about Steve. He's a pretty big Von Eric fan. So um, he said he probably will get this because it's it's a really cool figure. And it's a great figure. Don't get me wrong. I, I've never been a big repaint guy where it's it's literally the same figure, but you just you put some new deco on it. And I'm like, well, I can't really justify buying a whole new figure just for the color. Right. Yeah. It, 55 bucks for the diamond collection. It, it's just a, a Carrie Von Eric in a white outfit. It's just, yeah, it, it's cool. I mean, don't get me wrong, but I've got the first one that came out in the first ultra series and I'm, I'm happy with that one. I like the way that one looks. 
And it's like I said, I think this is great if you if you slept on these or didn't pre-order. Because again, I feel like with, with collecting today, and I know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I still feel like there's going to be an issue where a lot of collectors, like maybe they didn't pre-order Power Town, then they hit, they're like, dang, I wish I'd have got those. Those are really cool. And now you're you're at the mercy of uh secondhand sellers, you know, and, and the prices that it that it, that they charge. So that aspect of collecting is always frustrating to me. So um so that being said, if you did if you did wait on these and didn't order, at least you're able to get carried on Eric now. Well, I have a feeling that's what's gonna happen with Sean at, over at KWK. You think I so? Think, I think so. I think a lot of people are gonna see the Mantar figure, especially when that thing hits people's doorsteps and supposedly it's supposed to be April, you know. But mm-hmm. when that hits people's doorsteps and they start posting to Instagram and Facebook and everything and Twitter X, some people are gonna have that FOMO really really bad i kind of wonder that too because i you know i i pre-ordered mantar pn news and comic kid i passed on yoshitatsu but i did pre-order those three and and you know everything we've seen they look awesome so mm-hmm. i'm i am looking forward to it for sure i know same here same here but yeah man a lot of cool stuff in power town and uh also too mattel not to be outdone has uh has shown off some stuff just today as we record this um new legends lineup we saw which features the sultan uh captain lou albana which i believe is his first elite right because yeah. he uh yep he had he had the superstars but this is his first elite ichiban hulk hogan i am so unbelievably excited for that one <laughs> and a little bit of a shocker muhammad ali uh-huh it's not surprising, I guess, because we knew that they signed Ali and they're going to get their, their money's worth. He's going to be in everything, yeah. which I think I think they should you know, well, try to include think, him as much as, as, much you, as possible. If you think about it, this is the very first elite Muhammad Ali. Agreed. For me, for me, I've got the ultimate. I got the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. I'm happy with that. So I'm probably going to pass on this. But everything else in this series, I'm probably going to get. But you know what's funny is I'm not the biggest Sultan fan, but that figure was pretty damn good so oh yeah i mean it's may plop down the money for that it's one of those where it's like wow i don't need that but man that is cool and i believe only the second sultan figure yeah because the jacks bca was the first one bob Backlund. yeah yeah the two-pack and i remember i never got that one either and i always kind of regretted it because it was it was a cool figure and uh, the sultan was it was a fun gimmick i i I don't know. It was one I really wish would have lasted a little bit longer because I always, I always enjoyed it. But yeah, this line is really cool. And you know, this Legends line that the Target's doing, it's it's had its ups and downs. I feel like with some of the talent they chose, but but it's also gotten a lot of cool people in the line. Like we probably wouldn't have gotten a Sultan otherwise. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we would have gotten an Ichiban Hulk Hogan otherwise. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really cool. Um, I, I I think I told you I'm, I'm planning to do a project where I'm going to buy the. Um, the 1970s version of Hulk Hogan and the Superstars line for that head, and 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 then try to do some part swapping and make a uh, Ichiban Hulk Hogan. So now I'm going to take the shirt from the Elite to put on him, and uh, try to figure out because um, painting the boots shouldn't be hard; they're just silver. Yeah, and then you know painting the trunks won't be hard. That logo might be tricky, but we'll see. We'll see what I can if I can pull it off. So what I think is going to happen is you're going to start wearing these little monocles or glasses that are going to be over your nose. Yeah. And you're going to have paint. You're going to be like Brian from the legendary podcast. You're going to be like painting them and you're going to be sitting there and you go, my creation is alive. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> or I I shoot a message that told Jason Wolf like, hey, you want to finish this up? I totally screwed it up. <laughs> Dude, this sucks. This reminds me of Scott's oh uh, uh what he original San Francisco toy maker, and it looks as bad as that Hulk Hogan that he tried doing. And <laughs> I wish there was pictures of that. God damn it. I would love to see that. That that would be a fun, a fun thing to, to have a picture it of. But it's so funny bad. because but back in those days, there was no way to even know how to do something, right? Like you have no things, no people to talk to. You just kind of had to have some artistic skill. Yeah. Because I, I actually took my Rocky Maivia BCA and I tried to make it into the rock. Uh-huh. Also using a Sharpie. Horrible looking. <laughs> Horrible looking. So, yeah, I, I do get it for sure. Yeah, those uh, those customs that Scott tried doing before was uh, oof. I give them yeah. credit because I never tried it. The most yeah. we did, we had these hefty markers. Mom bought these. Uh, man, you can get high off of them too. Like, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, these things were hulking too, dude. But they were like hefty markers. And what we did is, when the LJNs lost paint, we would try to match up the color with the trunks or the tights that they were wearing. The wrestlers were wearing, and we mm-hmm. would try to fill them in a little bit. It didn't work that great. The paint, sorry, the marker would just rub off in the ring, and then the the tights are again are all rubbed off but yeah we were that was the most we ever did until scott decided to get a wild hair up his butt and just try doing a you know a A full-on custom and dude it was bad dude i actually made fun of him pretty bad because of it but as i say (laughs) to this day i give him credit for trying well yeah and and like i said i know uh you know with brian with jason wolf and a million other customizers you see out there it's, it's really cool to see what they're able to pull off and know like wow i could never do that in a million years even if yeah, i wanted to exactly and uh i'll tell you the hardest part for me because i've done a little bit of painting the hardest part is the face i have a really hard time doing eyes i just can't either they're cross-eyed or kind of <laughs> got the wonky eye going i just can't hardly pull it off but jason's kind of giving me some pointers i'm still just not very good at it but I think like body wise, I'm okay. So I'm like, I, I think I, if I get someone with black trunks and the skin tone matches, I could probably just, you know, cause I have a triple H lower torso that I use for another custom. So I'm like, it's black trunks and black knee pads. If I can paint over those and the skin tone matches, I should be okay, but we'll, we'll see. It'll be, it'll be an interesting trial and error process. I'm sure. So you got some messed up eyes. So every figure is Robert Gibson. All right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, speaking of Brian from the LJN podcast, I've actually asked him before if he's ever thought about doing Ichiban Hulk Hogan uh-huh. because he's done, you know, he's done the rip version with the, you know, the blue and, and, and white. And I was like, I think Ichiban would be fun because you do the silver boots or, you know, the black gear. Cause I always thought that was such a fun look for Hogan. It is. It is. And uh, by the way, has he ever done one? He has not, okay. but I don't know if he, it just may not have been something he's thought of either. Yeah. And by the way, Brian on a side topic, he was one of the nicest guys in the world, dude. But he's he is the absolute best. Yeah, he is. But uh and his I love his customs that he does. He does guys in different trunks. So we were just talking about Carrie Von Eric being in something. I love different. the Brutus Beefcake he does. But he does something so different, like out of the blue, like and his memory, dude, his memory is something to behold. Like oh yeah. I remember one time Scott and I were talking to him about a house show that we went to. And I accidentally messed up and said it was something. I, I want to say it was like January of '88 or something like that. And he goes, "No, I think you're, I think you're off. I think that was January of '89." 
And I'm like, how did you re- what the hell? How do you <laughs> and he goes, Well, when you were describing the car, this guy was here, but that guy didn't get there until late 88. So I think it was early 89. I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude. He like deciphered everything to point me in the right direction of what month it and year it was. That's crazy. That's really cool though. Oh, dude, he's smarter. Dude, he is like one of the smartest dudes when it comes to that type of stuff. I, that's really cool. I, yeah, I love talking wrestling with him. I'm hoping to have him on here again, and I'd love to do his podcast again. He's just such a good dude, super talented. I love everything that he creates, and he's also like a super positive follow. If mm-hmm. you know, if if you know, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff irritates you, follow '80s Wrestling Fan because his stuff is just fun. I told him that before too. I was like, you know, I I don't get on these apps or social media sites for negativity i love seeing just like positive stuff you know and to me that that that's exactly what he's putting out there which i think is really cool by the way i posted something on twitter x today under the fully opposable account did you see the simpsons baseball team photo? Did. that was awesome that was that was all autographed it was autographed by every single player that was on that episode. It was Griffey. It was Mattingly. It was Steve Sachs. I Ozzie mean, Smith. Ozzie Smith. And the only person that hadn't signed was the voice of Homer. And so he was debating if he was going to get it framed and just call it a day, or if he was going to get Homer's autograph or the guy that does Homer's autograph. That would be so cool. Oh man. Could you imagine having that in your collection? That's an amazing piece. Like that's not oh. something I would have ever thought of, you know? No, not even close. Like where did he even get that poster? You know? Right. That's so cool though. Oh. And that's such like an iconic episode, you know, uh-huh. like, to me, that's one of my, that's that one has the most quotable lines of almost any episode. I love, I, I, I think it's uh Wade Boggs when, when is it Ralph's like, I'll take Wade Boggs. He's like, you got yourself a player. <laughs> just like, that's so funny. Or uh, Hey, Don Mattingly, get rid of them sideburns. <laughs> so good. Daryl. <laughs> and he's, he's got a tear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. That yeah, episode I, was so funny. Oh man. I, I, I think it's awesome. It's uh, so much fun. So yeah, yeah, I think I thought I saw that. That was a really cool thing. There was another episode where McGuire was on it. Yeah. And like a space, not a spaceship, a, a shuttle or something. Or Is that the one where they think Bart's losing his mind? Yeah. And a satellite fell out of the sky. Yeah. And McGuire was like, look, guys, I could tell you about this or you can see me hit dingers and they're all dingers. <laughs> <laughs> and then so at the end, he like hits a ball. But at the end, he grabs all the fax paper, all the paper and he puts it right. under his hat, puts his hat on. Dude, that was so funny. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Simpsons has so many iconic episodes, man. Oh, so many iconic episodes and so many iconic lines that people just quote over and over to this day. And yes. it, it, people can go back and forth, you know, ping pong and back and forth about lines that so many iconic lines from the Simpsons and you would never get tired of them because they were just so memorable and hilarious. And, and no show will ever have the success that that show had. I mean, what are they over 30 years over now? 30 years yeah i mean there's no way there's no way a show will ever go that long no literally there's people now that have kids that were born after the simpsons started let's think about that yeah yeah i mean that's a long time that's a really long time to have a show yeah and for it to still be funny you know yeah 100 percent. i think the simpsons is so iconic because people have fallen in love with it stopped watching it and got back into it at least once or twice once or twice yeah exactly. and how many people can like can what other show can you say that about you know that's still going scott's daughter alana 
Alana, she she makes these chocolate covered strawberries as a side business. I see those posted all the time. Those oh, look yeah. so freaking good. Oh yeah, Fat Boy Jeff loves them. But anyways, <laughs> it's still fruit. Remember that. <laughs> oh, it's, it's healthy. It is all delicious. <laughs> but um, she makes chocolate covered strawberries. But while she's making them, she has an iPad up and just starts watching or binge watching TV shows. Well, she also uh, she's watched The Simpsons two times or three times and i'm like a lot of i was like you've watched the simpsons two or three times she goes yeah she goes i've watched all 30 what 31 seasons on disney plus or whatnot that is insane i'm like that's awesome i was like that is nuts and awesome all at once so cool yeah i i think it's still just top-notch show yeah i I love the simpsons Um, i love that show cool for me that this is yesterday actually but i just opened up the package today i got a box in from the one and only jason wolf oh what'd you get i got a couple of new hasbros i got the one and only mr fuji nice and i requested and he was cool enough to uh accommodate this i got the uh demolition slash powers of pain paint so that specific fuji with the red eyes oh yeah yeah yeah. He, he was gonna he was gonna offer two heads and I was like, you know what? I really just want the painted version. I don't, I think that to me is that's Mr. Fuji to me. Mm-hmm. And unless you're doing the Yokozuna right. version, but yeah, he was like, oh yeah, I can do that. Um, and I also got the, uh, and this had been done for a while, but he waited till I had a few more figures before he shipped it. But I got the hard times, Dusty Rhodes that he did. Oh, and nice. that was such a unique one because when he said someone requested, I was like, oh, that's cool. And then he showed the mold to me and I was like, dude that is insane he's like yeah he's like i think it turned out pretty good and all of a sudden like he had like a dozen orders on it oh not man. surprised because it was such because that's such an iconic look for dusty yeah everyone remembers that promo and the glasses the pink and all that stuff it's just it's just amazing and then you go home and a computer took your job <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly a computer. So i got those two as uh, <laughs> computer i got those two as uh as hasbro's and uh, added a couple more galoops to the collection. I got a uh, Terry Funk, Ooh. which which was cool about this is he uh, it was the LJN that he shrunk down to galoop scale, but he painted it the uh, the eighty nine Funk color, so the black and silver. Oh, nice! So I thought that would be kind of fun. And then he did uh, Vader from the original San Francisco Toymakers line, scaled down to galoop uh, with that same type of singlet, which just looks amazing. And then a couple. Uh, couple that i requested that i love how they turned out the hollywood blondes one of my basically my favorite tag team of all time yeah um found a guy that had a uh stunning steve ljn that he had made and so we scaled that he scaled that down to, to galoob and then he took the pillman modified it even put the facial hair on him nice and uh yeah made some decals that they turned out so incredibly epic i couldn't even i couldn't have asked for better ones and like the hollywood blondes I have only had that one two pack. I know Stunning Steve had the elite. Coleman kind of got a, an kinda, elite. He still was yeah. he was still on the Bengal tights. It wasn't the same. And I don't know, man. Like I was like, I've wanted these two as a team. Yeah. For at every line possible. So to get that was really cool. And it's crazy. They were only a tag team for like nine or ten months. Yeah, less than a year. Less than a year, but look what all they accomplished and how memorable they were. Because when you think of iconic tag teams, everybody's like, "Oh, British Bulldogs, Rock and Roll yeah. Express, Midnight Express, Heart Foundation." And then, but there's always those people who are like, "What about the Hollywood Blondes?" Well, yeah. they didn't have the longevity. Doesn't matter. 
they left such a lasting impression on the wrestling community that it was, man, you you just couldn't believe it. I mean, they were just so good together. And I think that was WCW's problem is I don't think they intended for them to get over to the level they did. So they split them apart. Yeah. And it's like, what are you doing, man? Like you're, yeah. you're getting in your own way. You got an, an over act. And so you're like, Oh, well, we can't have that. They're not supposed to be top stars. Like let them be top stars. Yeah. Like that was a huge mistake on their part. Cause even Pillman's career kind of fluttered for a minute and then he got the horseman and then mm-hmm. it was good for a little bit, but then he left the company and you know, Things happened after that, obviously. But yes, Steve Austin did well for himself, as we all know. But dude, Hollywood Blondes was such a cool team. And some of their matches, you know, with uh, with Arn and Flair, um, uh, Steamboat and Douglas. I mean, they had some bangers back in the day, man. So oh, they really did, man. And it, you know what? They were the heels and they played that heel role to a T. And I love yep. that taunt, the camera. <laughs> yeah, the camera taunt. That was so funny. If you remember, they also carried around the NWA tag titles and kind yes. of brought in the new WCW tag titles that we all saw later on into the NWO right. years. They were kind of like a unified tag title, right? Or something exactly. similar to what they're doing now, but yeah. Yep, exactly. So they, uh, they were the ones that transitioned because if I remember correctly, when I was going back and watching a lot of WCW during COVID, if I remember correctly, there were some pay-per-views where they were bringing out one NWA tag title and the other was bringing out the new WCW tag title. Right. It was so weird. But at the same time, it was like they were the ones that transitioned that. Yes. And and I think that was, if I remember right, the NWA tag, NWA belts kind of came back with Bill Watts. If that's in like 92, because he did like a tournament one time for like, unified tag titles and that's because if you remember back in like 92 93 they had the wcw title mm-hmm. and the nwa title they had them both and then like the nwa left and so it became the international title which was super weird and then they kind of unified them again but yeah it was uh there was a period there where the hollywood blondes were a huge bright spot for wcw and i've said this before because i know uh, one of my tours in japan you know not a lot to do on tv there so I'm streaming a ton of WWE network. And so I started watching WCW pay-per-views from like 93. And I was like, dude, the, this is good. Like, this is really good. But their roster was freaking stacked at the time. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's weird because when Hogan came in in 94, to me, the product dropped massively because mm-hmm. they basically stopped using the workers. But that's when like the product elevated as far as popularity, which is crazy to me. But you can literally see like they're having these banger matches like Rude and Dustin Rhodes or Steamboat and 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 Rude or or Wyndham and Pillman and all these guys are just having just killer matches. Sorry, Chad, we're talking wrestling. <laughs> and uh hey, speaking of Chad messaged me and offered to buy us some superstar figures if we needed any. Oh, really? Yeah, it, it was right after you had, had said you'd gotten Mr. Perfect. I was like, I think actually we're both caught up. But if you see Doink, let me know. You know, so uh, yeah, I thought that was that was that was pretty nice of him, even though we uh, we you know call gotta, him out on every episode. We got to have Chad on the show. I want to have Chad on the show. I want to know, like, I want him to tell me all about wrestling. Tell me all the wrestling you know. What other things do you not like that we can talk about? <laughs> yeah, then we have to say sorry, Chad. When Chad starts to talk about wrestling, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. But I mean, going back to the WCW days, I mean, like the Steiner brothers were there in '92. They eventually left. You know, went to the WWF, but 
and there was some good stuff happening. So it was it was crazy to me that it wasn't that popular because the wrestling was legitimately really good. Mm-hmm. And then they go into the 94, 95 era and then they bring in dungeon and doom and exactly. And, and that's what was, yeah, that's what was so weird is because like, even at like bash of the beach, 94, Steve Austin wrestles Ricky steamboat for the T mm-hmm. for the TV title, I believe. And like, they have a really good match. It's easily the best match of the card. Yep. hundred percent. And I, and I think could be wrong, but I think, the guys that were legitimately good kind of got, eh, we don't need them. Eh, we don't need them. Eh, we don't need them, you know, and kind of got moved aside for uh, Hogan's buddies, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I get it, right. Like if you're getting told by the guys made more money in wrestling than anyone else, like, Hey, you need to sign Brutus beefcake and Hacksaw Jim Duggan and the nasty boys. I get it. I'm not knocking it. It just at the time, like WCW was doing well match wise. So it is what it is. Yeah. All right. We got to take, Turn it back to toys. Uh, the, 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 the favorite disciple figure. Uh, the new one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, perfect. <laughs> I'll be honest. That one's kind of fun. I'm not gonna lie. Like it's never been done before either. Yeah, it, it's kind of fun doing those little uh, weird gimmicks. I'm waiting for the Yeti. Waiting on that Yeti figure. Well, I I don't know if if they're able to do it because I think his contracts kind of got a weird loophole, but. You know, Regal's back in WWE now. Mm-hmm. And they did that Lord Steven Regal several several years ago. I would love to see them revisit that for um the Monday Night Wars line. Mm-hmm. Just because that was to me, like that was like such a cool figure because even do the neck piece and I mean it was it was very well done. Yeah. Uh okay, let's do this. Your favorite Hogan figure of all time. Time. Now there's a lot. Yeah, man. Um instinct instinctively i i go to hasbro series one but man there's so many how do yeah. you choose you know you like can't. i i never hated the ljn the only thing that bothers me about that one i'm talking the original is the trunks are so dadgum skimpy <laughs> he's legit wearing like bodybuilder speedos like <laughs> And Hogan had the fat boy gut a little bit, you know, like he, 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 he knew how to yank them tr- trunks up a little bit, cover that belly button. So that always was kind of weird to me. Cause I was like, hmm. um, then, you know, then after WWF, you go to original San Francisco toy makers. Those were nothing special. The toy biz was what it was. Then the return to the WWF. I mean, honestly, some of the stuff that the Mattels put out recently is all really, really cool. Mm-hmm. But sentimentally, I, I can't say that those are my favorites. Not that they're not good. I, I'd, I'd have to say Hasbro Series 1. Hasbro Series 1? Okay. Yeah. Somebody had a sign, I think. It was, uh, why was Shawn Michaels' pants so high at SummerSlam 94 or 95 or something like that? 93, yeah. <laughs> 93, yes. Thank you. <laughs> they also had a, I think we talked about this before. I also had a sign like, why was Axe's hair so good at Survivor Series 1990? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> but if you watch it, you're like, dang, he does have a nice hair day going. The fact that somebody thought of that to put on a sign and hope it gets on TV is fantastic. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, you remember when they used to do like the, the WrestleMania sign contest? If you if you have the best sign, then you get free WrestleMania tickets or something. Yes. Yeah. That would that's what I would pick. I mean, it it's not the best sign, but I think something somebody being like, Why was Axis hair so nice at SummerSlam ninety <laughs> or Survivor Series ninety? Good question. I don't know. But, <laughs> but it's amazing. It, but it is amazing. Holy crap. Yes. <laughs> 
All right. Well, man, are you ready to dive into talking a little bit of Nintendo? I am ready to talk some Nintendo. All right. So we are diving into all things Nintendo Entertainment System. We've already kind of talked about getting the Nintendo initially. Thoughts on it. Um this thing was like to me i i know it wasn't the original home console but to me it revolutionized home consoles right mm-hmm. this thing was just incredible um i remember getting a nintendo and then a few months later was christmas and i got wwf wrestlemania oh no and I'm, punch I'm, out i'm so sorry well punch out's cool but but I got like because I got it so much later. I got like the punch out, like that was not Mike Tyson's punch out, right? Right. But I didn't know any different. I just remember because I never got to Mike Tyson. So I like <laughs> my cousins had Mike Tyson's punch out. I'm like this is just as good. Whoever's Mr. Dream guy is, I don't care. So it was awesome. But yeah, WWF WrestleMania, not the best offering, but overall, man, the Nintendo had so many iconic games, right? Like there were so many games that just to me like hold the test of time not only that the artwork on the cartridges on some of these are just top notch Mm -hmm. there was so many games that came out that you can't describe like the the nostalgia they have because a lot of kids would see it nowadays and they're like oh my god this is terrible right but for us back then playing contra playing RC Pro-Am, playing... Uh, there was a Disneyland game. I love the Disneyland game. There was... I forgot about that one. There is, isn't the there? The Disneyland game was so much fun. I had a blast with that. Um, all the sports games between Tech Mobile and... Uh, there was one called 10-Yard Fight. Yeah, I forgot about that one. But it was like 700-yard fight because it felt like that field never stopped going. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> It was fun and we played the hell out of it. It was, and I will send it on this because they're sports games. So many iconic baseball games, baseball stars. We talked about RBI baseball. We about uh, uh, bases loaded. Bases loaded. Yes. There were so many iconic baseball games on there that we just sat for hours upon hours and just played the hell out of. So I'm sure you remember playing Super Mario Brothers uh, two-player, which was kind of an interesting way to do two-player, especially back then, where if you were Luigi, you basically had to wait, right? Mm -hmm. The game was not – it was so weird that, like, if you were two players, then Mario played first, and then once you died, then Luigi played. Mm -hmm. And, man, wasn't that the worst? Like, if you just died on something stupid and then the other person was good, you're like, I'm going to wait here for, like, so long (laughs) before I get to play. Dude, just hand, uh, me yeah. your, hand me your Tiger Electronics and put on Paul Abdul so we can just sit here while you play Mario Brothers. Let's <laughs> right. go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, it was it was insane. So um, yeah, man, Mario Brothers was awesome. My my grandmother actually wanted a Tetris, oh, not wanted a Nintendo for Tetris, was what I was trying to say. Um, several this was probably like 90, 91. So we're kind of already phasing out the Nintendo, but so for her birthday, my mom and her sisters got her a Nintendo and Tetris. Uh-huh. And what was great about this, like she literally played so much Tetris that the the screen image of Tetris got burned into her TV. I'm not exaggerating on that either. 
Oh, whoa. She, she played it so much. But what was great about it is we would, uh, you know, when me and my cousins would go over there, now we're into the Sega Genesis, you know, the Super Nintendo, um, PlayStation. She's got a regular Nintendo. And going back to play it, you're like, this is awesome. Like, it's so much fun. Like, even, mm-hmm. even though she really only had Mario Brothers and Tetris, it didn't matter. They were still really fun to play. Yeah. It also, if you think about it, and this goes back for Scott and I, we had Atari and the difference between Nintendo from Atari to Nintendo was night and day. Oh yeah. I mean, you had Pong where you had a slider that just went down and up and you know, the ball boop, boop like that. Like my heart right now, actually it's called boop, 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 you know, stuff like that. Cause I had that <laughs> trick. But anyways, <laughs> but I mean, from going from that, to having this awesome side scroller of Mario, you know, Duck Hunt, where the duck is flying across the screen, and uh, even Gyromite. Gyromite's graphics were as as much as crap as I talked about that robot uh, that you know took the spindle and dropped it or whatnot. As cr- shitty as that thing was, but Gyromite was fun because all you had to do is set the second controller down next to you to drop the column, and the graphics mm-hmm. on it were so much fun. Oh and yeah, then, and then you had these sports games where the graphics were. Uh, compared to Atari was just far and above Atari. So Nintendo revolutionized the whole gaming system because we went from Atari where a lot of games were not the best, especially if you go back to ET on Atari to, to Nintendo, it was night and day difference. And it was just a blast. Did you have ET for Atari? Oh yeah. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, yeah we have you heard the it. rumor on, on that though? About That's in a land- like, it's in a landfill. Yeah, it's buried in a landfill. Yeah, it's buried supposedly. in a landfill. Yeah, it's where it belongs, anyways. Um I, I don't know if you ever heard about this, but apparently there was an online trend where this guy was trying to get people to take their Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo copies of Shaq Fu <laughs> and destroying them so that the game would no longer exist. <laughs> and I'm like, Shaq Fu wasn't that bad. Come on. I mean, it was a great breaker. <laughs> it wasn't great, but it was. I, I'm, I had a buddy that had that, and I'll never forget the covers like Shaq doing like this, you know? And yes, and I'm like, dude, we got to play Shaq Fu. He's like, it's not very good. I'm like, dude, that looks awesome. And so we played for a second. It's basically all these weird people and Shaquille O'Neal, and like he's fighting. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. But yeah, I played it for a little bit. I'm like, yeah, this is not a good game, but. The concept of it was really fun. I will mm-hmm. say that. So I I don't want to put Nintendo with rose color, you know, goggles on and everything. There were some hiccups. Oh yeah. Uh, we can talk about Top Gun, where you were mm-hmm. playing Top Gun and you had to land on the aircraft carrier, and it was damn near impossible to land on the aircraft carrier. You would be flying in. You're like, okay, I think I've hit all the buttons. And then it goes to a widescreen and it shows your airplanes going right over the aircraft carrier, right into the water. You're like, son of a bitch. I don't, I know I did yeah. it right. There was a lot of complicated games though. It wasn't, and a lot of these games were not easy, you know? No, no. Uh, WrestleMania, that one, WWF WrestleMania, it was the first WWF game, but man, was it rough. Well, and the guys look so short and chunky. I remember mm-hmm. that being kind of a weird thing. Yeah, like I said, I got that for Christmas, and I thought that was the coolest thing ever, like WWF WrestleMania. But yeah, after you play it for a little bit, you're like, this is not very good. That's not that's not great. I remember uh, <laughs> uh, our uncle got it for us. Our uncle John got us the WWF WrestleMania game. So 
uh, mom and dad were like, Hey, uh, Scott, Jeff, uh, uncle John's here. So we get, one of the things was, is whenever a family member showed up, you got to stop what you're doing, go down, give the family member a hug, say hi, you know, interact. And then you can go back and go play. Yeah. We go back downstairs and, uh, uncle John's at the door. So we give him hugs and he's like, Oh, by the way, guys, I got a Christmas present for you. We're like, Oh, Christmas was like a month ago. He goes, yeah, I haven't seen you guys since. So he hands us a, you can tell it's a video game. You can tell it's a Nintendo game. And Scott and I are kind of looking at each other like, Oh boy, what do we got? What do we have here? We pop it open. It's WF WrestleMania. Thanks uncle John hug, run upstairs, throw it in the system. And we're like, Okay, I think this is cool. It's not that cool, but it's cool <laughs> because we got Hogan, we got Honky Tonk Man, we got Bigelow, we got Big Boss Man, and we start playing it. And we're like, it's not that great, but it's Hogan, it's Boss Man, it's Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, they they end up doing WrestleMania Challenge after. Yes. And like I remember on the back of the box because I remember renting it from my local video store, and it was like you can fight outside the ring. Like had all these like upgrades still wasn't the greatest mm-hmm. um and they did steel cage challenge and then eventually king of the ring so there's four wwf games so it had a bunch um did you ever play bart versus the space mutants yes that was such a hard game it was difficult Let, let's go back to more games that were difficult that was one Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that we were just talking about with Steve Hoke. Yeah, that he... that original one was brutal. I I think even now I, I I'll see a meme online where someone will be like, "You want me to buy you a PS5? Beat this game, and it's the original Ninja <laughs> Turtles." It's like it's impossible. Uh, we rented that one from a little mom and pop uh, shop, and it was a three day weekend. And I remember Scott got home Saturday, and he's all, "Dude, they had the Turtles game." We're like, "Yes, you know, celebrating." He gets upstairs and he pops it in. I swear, 20 minutes into that game, he's slamming the controller on the ground, like, just like, God damn it. Screw <laughs> this game. Screw this game. <laughs> I was like, are you taking it back? No, not yet, but I'm ready to. Well, they made a second one, which was a lot better. Yes. Uh, the ar- it was called TMNT2, the arcade game. I remember that one was a lot better. But the first one, if you remember, like, even the cover art was so, like, they hadn't really found it yet. And, like, all the turtles had the red bandana which was kind of the original look before they decided to differentiate him for the cartoon and stuff so they pushed that game out quickly and it kind of shows unfortunately mm-hmm. but yeah it's it's a uh, not their best effort but to this day man i can pop in punch out or mike tyson's punch out that game is fantastic oh a game is so good the disneyland game i played forever in a day man because they they only had a few rides <laughs> on there they had big thunder space mountain Haunted Mansion, I think, was on there. A Splash Mountain on there? No, Splash wasn't on there. And I want to say Pirates or... Anyways, but you had to go... The heavy hitters, that makes sense. You had to go around the park and play all the... Um, uh, do all the rides and, like, complete them. And I kid you not, man, that was one of the funnest games. And it was so underrated. Like, hardly anybody talked about it. But, man, I spent so much time on that game. You watched the movie called Nintendo Quest. I think I may have asked you this before. I want to say I have. So it's a documentary these two guys did where he dares his buddy to buy every Nintendo game, every officially released. Oh, yes. Yes. In North American Nintendo game, which I think was like 680 and 30 days without using the Internet. Part of that that really got me. I was like, they made 680 Nintendo games like holy crap like it that's a that's a ton and mm-hmm. 
and it's crazy because like what did the average person have maybe 10 if you were lucky right i mean i had like six or seven nintendo games like wait all throughout this lifespan well like as a kid oh we had quite a few years <laughs> how many we, did you guys have i don't know a lot <laughs> well keep in mind i i was a little bit younger so i didn't get it until true. you know probably 90 probably 89 90. very very true so uh, it was near the end but my cousins i remember they had a bunch but mm-hmm. i would say 20 30 you know but even still you factor that up against 680 that's not a huge collection you know correct correct um i was telling the story last week it was we were about to sign off but I remember for some reason, mom was so excited to give me a video game and it was spy versus spy. Oh yeah. And I liked mad comics, but I wasn't like a huge fan into them. And for some reason, mom was like, I saved this last game for you. And she handed me spy versus spy. And I was like, okay, uh, thanks. You know, it was like a Christmas gift. Thanks. So because mom like was so excited to give it to me, I'm like, I'm going to play this. And I played it and it was terrible, but I tried so hard to like that game. And if you remember that game, it was one of, it was basically bond 64, like except before bond 64, Mm -hmm. because it was split screen. And there was two, there was the two spy versus spy guys. And you could walk around on the same uh, map and hide bombs or and then blow up the other character but the thing is is if you're watching your buddy's screen you know where that bomb's hidden so it's like why i don't need to go behind the paint and look because it's not there and then you would go and you would do your quest and then beat your friend you know stuff like that but anyways not the best execution overall no not even close um but i tried so hard to like that game and breaker game was just awful well, the Nintendo had that. I mean, but I think really every video game consoles had that, right? I, oh, I remember yeah. reading like an article. It was like some of the worst video games ever. I think there was a Batman Beyond game that they made for Nintendo 64 that was just unbelievably difficult. And there was no save feature. So you had to beat like 30 levels just in one setting because there's no way to save it. And it's just... What? Sometimes they just don't, they don't make good games, you know? And I think with Nintendo the variety was insane. And like, even now, like games like DuckTales or Chippendale Rescue Rangers, they, they've never really had other games besides those. Mm-hmm. Dr. Mario was always a favorite of mine. I thought that one was so much fun. Burger time like that. I mean, there's just mm-hmm. so many double dragon, like we talked about last week. Um, Bad dudes. My cousins gave me that one, which I thought was awesome. Like there was just so many cool games on the Nintendo. And also, too, you know, the video store started really carrying Nintendo games and you could rent Nintendo games. That was a huge deal. I mean, yeah. even if you couldn't buy it, being able to rent a new game was super fun. Oh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. We did that quite often. In fact, uh, as I just said, we did that with the Turtles game. Uh, one of the other things, other fun things was is if you didn't have a game, but your buddy did. That buddy would come over and let's say they, they were staying the night. Yep. You got pizza, you got soda. Not soda hunter, but you got soda. He could come if he wanted to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'd be it'll be a little awkward if soda hunter. Ethan, you're invited to. Okay, come on, come on, guys. It'd be a little weird. It'd be a little weird right now if soda hunter wanted to spend the night. But anyways, yeah, you know, he can sleep on the couch. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can sleep with the cats. Anyways, um, (laughs) but they would come over. Pizza, soda. You were up till three, four a.m. 
playing yep. all those games, playing RC. I keep going back to RC Prime because that was one of my favorites. Playing yeah. playing baseball games, playing football, tech mobile, playing tech mobile to your, you know, you're blue in the face. It, it was just, it's one of those things and happy memories that you go back to. And it's like, man, talk about simpler times. Oh yeah. Well, and that's, and I think that's what takes me back to that is like, I can play those games all day long to this day. Um, you know, as I've mentioned before, I've got my old NES up and running and it's working good and it's, it's awesome. And I've been buying some, some games online of like repros and, you know, homebrew titles and stuff, which is just to me, like, that's, what's cool about it is like, I can buy a, a different version of super Mario brothers that this guy made mm-hmm. on his computer and puts it on a cartridge and I can play it. Like, that's really cool. So it's like, in, in a lot of ways, like they're still making games for it, which is really fun. So I love the Nintendo. And one of my other favorite uh, memories of it was Scott and I would get so competitive and especially against each other. Well, there was one night and I think I told this story. It was either on rumble. No, it wasn't on rumble. Wheel. It was one of the, one of your other podcasts I told the story on, but anyways, we were playing tech mobile. And if you guys remember tech mobile on the Nintendo version, they only had, I think like four plays, four or five plays on the first mm-hmm. edition. And if you guessed the it, right, was, it was tech mobile, then Tecmo super bowl. Super bowl right? Yes, exactly. So Scott and I were playing tech mobile. And if you guessed the person's play, basically your defense would just destroy the quarterback. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like nowadays the person, the, the defense would be getting a 15 yard flag for the brutality that just took place on this quarterback <laughs> attack. Mobile. So anyways, Scott and I got really competitive against each other. Well, there was one night I'm sitting on the couch and Scott always sat on the floor, but I could look over his shoulder and see what play he was picking. <laughs> so I didn't want to make it too obvious. So like every third or fourth or fifth play, I would pick Scott's play breaker. I destroyed him. He was slamming that controller. I thought we were going to have to buy another controller because he kept slamming it. Damn it. How the hell do you keep seeing it? How do you know all this? I'm like, dude, I'm like sitting right behind you. It wasn't until the fourth quarter. He looked behind me. He's like, you've been looking at my plays. Haven't you? I was like, no. <laughs> we need it. I think Steve Hoker needs to make a Scott versus the controller t-shirt now because <laughs> angry scott can't play jeff at tech mobile without oh, dude, the controller. oh dude he destroyed a few controllers throughout his i uh, bet yeah his days you <laughs> that's know funny. yeah well and, and that's and that's the thing man like the nintendo had so many different games and like you said you could borrow them from friends i remember doing that um i also remember this i just this memory just dawned on me my uh, dad's business partner at the time bought a nintendo and he got the power pad oh and you know, he didn't really use it. So he was like, hey, how about this? I'll, I'll make you a trade. You give me your copy of Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. I'll give you my copy of Super Mario Brothers, Duck Hunt. And I think it's like world class track and field, maybe. Mm-hmm. And the power pad. And so he gave it to me. Oh. So I had a power pad as a kid. Dude, that thing was so much fun. <sighs> Anytime someone came over, they're like, dude, we got to play the power pad. Like that <laughs> was like, but that was like, I remember just being in the living room, like running in place as hard as you could, you know, and jumping over the hurdles and stuff. It was just insane, man. So much fun though. Oh, that is great. That's a fair, uh, that's a trade that benefited you. In a... it, it was, it, it was a really cool one. And then of course the power glove, which I don't, I never actually played one, but I heard it was horrible. I've heard it was horrible as well. Um, Sean, my best friend, who's now my manager, he would come over and he, I kind of dr- alluded to this last week. He would be like, okay, what games do you guys have? And we're like, da-da-da-da-da. He goes, okay, I don't have that one. Can we play that when I get there? And he goes, 
my parents just got me Jaws. And I'm like, we don't have Jaws. He goes, okay, I'll bring that one. Do you want me to bring anything else? And I was all, what was the second game you listed? Oh, it was this. Okay, bring that one. So Sean would come over because he lived literally right around the corner. Mm -hmm. He would come over with his games and we would sit there playing each other's games, you know, for hours upon hours upon hours. Because, you know, if we didn't have it, your buddy's bringing over his games and just plopping down and we're sitting there again pizza soda <laughs> those are the best days man and and that's the thing is i think it's crazy because like i remember my a birthday getting the sega genesis and mm-hmm. like you know basically my mom told all the kids coming to my parties parents like we'll tell like he's getting a sega don't tell him but tell him to bring all their games so then you know after i open the sega my dad hooks it up everyone busts out their Sega games. I'm like, Oh, like, this is awesome. And like, so we had like WWF Royal rumble. We had Madden. We had, um, you know, Sonic, of course, and you know, Sonic Spinball, which was always a favorite. I mean, and I know this is not a Sega part of the show, but it was just, to me like that was, those were the days that, that was such a fun time. And I think that's where nostalgia for all this stuff comes from, right? Because it was such a fun time. And, and, you know, seeing the, nintendo games that you you knew as a kid it's just like oh holy crap like i remember there's a store out here where i live called vintage stock and i remember used to seeing t i used to see tv commercials for it when i when wrestling was on and like come check out vintage stock you know old you know basically vintage movies video games toys comics and all stuff i'm into and i'm like oh man i want to go there Finally, one day we were eating close to it, and I talked my dad into him, please let me go to Vintage Stock because I don't have a license yet. And he's like, "Okay, yeah, we'll go after we eat." So we went to Vintage Stock. I'm just like, "Oh, like this store is incredible!" Because I mean, they had so much stuff, and I remember seeing all these old Nintendo games, and they had an old Nintendo there, which because you could buy old systems. And I'm like, "I really want that." My dad's like, "Are you really gonna play that?" Because at this point, I'm like, "I got a PlayStation and stuff," and. Nintendo seems archaic, but I'm like, man, I really think it would be fun. He goes, it's not going to be as fun as those games you have now. And I'm like, well, yeah, you're right. But looking back on it, I don't think he was correct because that Nintendo would have been awesome to get that day. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it is what it is. I have one now, so I can't complain. Uh, And in fact, I don't know if I told this uh, last couple of weeks or not, but um, since I've gotten it back up and working, I've been doing some research and I found this website that makes their own. Uh, they make Super Nintendo, Sega, and Nintendo games. Of course, they're unlicensed, but uh, you know it's kind of going through all the games that they made, and they made one called Creepy Brawlers, which is essentially Punch Out, but you're fighting Universal movie monsters without them being called that. Whoa! Yeah, so it's like Frankenstein, Dracula, the Wolfman, and I saw a little trailer for it, and I'm like, that looks fantastic. So I got that in. I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but uh, I I hope it's at least decent. But just getting like getting an old school Nintendo game in the package instruction manual, the whole deal. I was like, yeah, this is pretty cool. Do you have a Nintendo system that's hooked up to a TV? Yes, I do. Wow. Yep. Um, I I've had it for a minute and I bought a new TV like two years ago and I couldn't get it to work. And uh, I did a little research online and they were basically saying that, yeah, new TVs don't, the hookups different. So you can they have the red and yellow cables for the Nintendo, and I had those, but I didn't have anywhere to hook into the TV. So I found a, a converter that goes from that to HDMI. Okay. And hooked that in, turned right on. So I was like, wow. So that's it's really cool to have it. 
Hey breaker, I don't know if you know this, but they don't make RF switches anymore. They do not. It's it's yeah, a little <laughs> archaic. So <laughs> kind of learning all that I was like, oh dang. It's not 1985 anymore. So uh, we'll move on from this, but uh, I do have to tell one of my favorite uh, stories that is regarding a video game system. Uh, and it actually involves my manager, my my best friend. So he was playing the TNA game for, oh man, what system did that come out for? I think it was PlayStation. Xbox 360? Xbox 360, yes. It yeah, was, I, it was not good. It was not good. It was terrible. But Oh, I wanted it to be good, Jeff. Oh, I wanted it to be good. It was not. What I love about my manager is he's always a guy that can find positivity into something. Yeah. He found positivity into this game, except for this one day. His wife was kind of bugging him. Hey, we got to get going. We got to do this today. We got to do this. Sean's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's sitting on the couch and he starts playing the TNA game. She goes, hey, we got to get going, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. So he's playing the TNA game and I think he gets to the last person. And he loses and he curses up a storm and he takes the Xbox 360 uh, controller, throws it on the ground, yells the F-bomb, the controller hits perfectly onto the ground and bounces right back into his hands like a boomerang. Like he was, he like, he caught it like he was playing and his eyes get huge and his wife comes out and she goes, you know, you always get frustrated with this game and you're always cursing. He goes, did you just see what just happened? <laughs> and she goes, well, I, I don't care what just happened. I, you get so angry and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, no, no, you don't understand. Did you just see what happened? How the controller just bounced it perfectly back into my hands. Like it was, I was playing the game and she goes, I don't care. He goes, no, this is like the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> And she goes, oh, just get ready right now. And so she storms <laughs> off. But he's like holding the controller like, holy crap, that was awesome. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. Yeah, the TNA game was not good. There's also been some really bad ones over the years. I remember one that I that had so much hype that I thought, oh, this game was going to be epic. WCW Mayhem, because it was being made by Electronic Arts. Oh, yes. Oh, that one was bad. That was and the then WCW Backstage Assault might be one of the worst video games I've ever played in my life. Was it mayhem or was it backstage assault where they had the wrestlers say something weird? It was like a little clip at the beginning where you were in your selection screen. That was WCW Nitro and Thunder that did that, where they had the little taunts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Goldberg's like, pick me, you'll find out who's next. <laughs> <laughs> or what about Kevin Nash? He was like, just pick me. Come on, just yeah. pick me. Like, I'm getting paid thousands and thousands of dollars for doing this so just pick me Come oh on. those were so <laughs> hilarious. I, I, it was weird i used to watch all of them i don't know why yes it was just they were just so bad because they were only like five seconds but uh -huh. it was just like utter ridiculousness <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> so bad but it was so uh, so classic too i mean it was just like what the well, hell is going on but like sorry to interrupt but you were talking about uh mayhem like WCW is going to electronic arts. It seemed like it would be amazing, right? Yeah. Electronic. And let's go back. Electronic arts at the, this time, the late nineties, that was like the king of sports. Oh yeah. EA like, sports. It's in the game. Exactly. So we're talking about NHL. We're talking about boxing. We're talking about uh, NFL Madden. We're, I mean, they're making banger after banger after banger game. And so when WCW is going to Electronic Arts, like you're like, well, oh my God, this could be the greatest wrestling game ever made. 
Yeah, it was not. <laughs> and it, it was, was terrible. <laughs> yeah, it, it's and wrestling games has been one of those things where they have a hard time kind of like figuring it out, you know, because a yes. lot of them are just like punching and kicks and uh, stomps and all that stuff. But yeah, it, it's and that's the thing with I think all video games, as many good ones as there are, there's a ton of bad ones. And, you know, I think that's kind of part of the uh, the fun. Like, in fact, actually, there's a uh, an unreleased Darkwing Duck 2 for the Nintendo hmm. that I've seen some guys on Etsy selling. So I'm like, oh, I got to get that. And I, I messaged a guy about if he had Darkwing Duck 2 because, you know, there's all these sellers are all over the place. Sometimes they shut their shops down or they go to websites or whatever. Right. And the guy's like, oh, I've got it. He goes, but I, I, you should know it's not it's only like the first six levels and i'm like bro i ain't gonna make it that far it's okay <laughs> i beat this game like there's no way so i'm like oh, that's cool like, I'm, I'm good with that but yeah it just it's uh it just it's so interesting like um and this is another thing too my uh my parents played the nintendo just as much as i did mm-hmm. it was literally like a family gift because we all played it and i remember my my uncle called my dad one time at two in the morning, tell him, dude, I just saved the princess. Like, cause that was such a big thing for the Nintendo. And then when I got to Sega, they played it a little bit, but they're like, we don't really like this. And then when I got to the PlayStation, they're like, no, not at all. And like slowly that generation got out of it. And now, right. um, and now I'm kind of the same way, you know? So it's, it's just, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. It, like I said, uh, mom played Mario and Tetris. Dad played, he played Duck Hunt, but that was about it. And then he was like, oh, I'm done. I'm going to go watch Cheers and Night Court, you know. <laughs> the classics. Exactly. And then he was, uh, and then mom got back into columns when we got Sega Genesis. But you're right. It was a family game, you know, or it was a family mm. system. You just started, you know, you just started playing this and it it was family time. It was part of family time. Yeah, it really was. Uh, man, I missed the Nintendo. So much fun. Um yep. Well, Jeff, I've got an idea for next week, something that I've wanted to cover on here since I started doing this show, and I think you're going to be up for it. So next week will be episode 128, and it's time that we cover series one of the Rocky figures from Jack Specific. What do you think? Oh, did it come with the slab of meat? Heck yeah, it did. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah do you know what's, what's funny is and we'll have to do some research because I don't remember for sure because it's been a little bit obviously since these since these came out. But I was thinking the slab of meat was an accessory initially, and then it became like its own like release, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that it was, was so weird. It's like literally they sold a slab of meat in a package. It was on card at Toys R Us. I saw it all the time. Breaker. Yeah, and no one bought it because no, it's a slab of meat. Yeah, like who's gonna buy a slab of meat? And you saw it on discount, and you saw it in the. It, it was like it was hilarious. And then now, if you go back and you uh, do some eBay prices, now I haven't checked it in about a year and a half or two years. Um, it was worth something. It was like 35, 40 bucks for that slab of meat on card. Yeah. Well, and this line was crazy to me because they made so many people. I don't think anyone expected them to go as deep as they did. Right. And I mean, mm-hmm. I knew like, okay, they'll make like Rocky, Apollo, Drago, Clubber, you know, like they'll hit the heavy hitters. But, you know, they made the robot, I think, even like, I mean, yeah, they, they made so they made so many. It was it was crazy. They made a ring. They made Thunder Lips. I mean, it was it was a really cool line. It's one of those. I don't think any of us totally appreciated it for what it was. Right. I certainly didn't. Right. Looking at it now, it's like this thing was pretty cool. 
Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about this. I saw that all the time. Uh, in fact, there was some figures I really wanted, but at this time, I had just lost a job, and yeah. I couldn't. You know, outside of wrestling, I couldn't collect much of anything else. Yeah, yeah. When you're short on funds, and the, these figures weren't super expensive yet, you know, they, they were certainly not to the prices they are now. But um, yeah, it's and it's kind of crazy. I've seen a few random Rocky figures, but not like a complete extensive collection like this is. So. I'd like to see a company revisit this at some point. I think that'd be fun. An elite scale style or something? Something, maybe even like a Super 7, you know, that I think they could do well with with a line like this. Like, I know they've done reaction, so I think they could do it. And To me, Rocky needs, uh, and he needs the ultimate oh, you know, yeah. treatment. Because, I mean, the way you could do the bloody head variants, I think that'd be really, really fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to doing this. Yeah, so that'll be coming up next week for uh, the TV Toycast Rocky Series 1. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, by the way, did you ever see the uh, fake 30 for 30 ESPN thing on Rocky? No, I didn't. I'm going to send that to you. And I want, do. I, I would love for you to record your reaction because it is goddamn hilarious. Well, I found this through Rocky 4, but there's a guy that used to make fake Mentos commercials. No. Have you ever seen those? No. He, he did one to Rocky Four, and it, <laughs> it it's it's not. I mean, it's not that good. But the, his bread and butters, he did one on Bloodsport. <laughs> Dude, I, that one wins YouTube for like that was one of the funniest things because it literally looks like a Mentos commercial, but it's Bloodsport. Oh, so funny! Oh, that's hilarious! I got to see that one. Yeah, the check other... out the Bloodsport Mentos commercial. It's worth it. Uh, I'll have to send you the Rocky one, and they also did a um a spoof off of ESPN 30 for 30 uh, angels in the outfield. Oh, I love that movie. Oh, okay. So you'll love this spoof and the, each spoof is like eight or nine minutes, but Oh my God, I'm belly laughing every single time I watch this fun fact. I was just talking about my best friend, Sean, my manager, Sean, his sister is in the movie angels in the outfield because they filmed it out here at the Oakland Coliseum. Oh, wow. So she was actually in the movie. So like an extra or something. Yeah, she was an extra. That's awesome. Yeah. My parents were extras in the movie The Outsiders. <laughs> oh, fact. really? Yeah, they were in the drive-in scene. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of crazy because like I never you know, knew much about that. But then I was like, oh, this was filmed in Tulsa. My dad's like, yeah, we were extras. I was like, what? <laughs> like, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. It's cool stuff. So yeah, next week will be Rocky. Looking forward to it. Uh, make sure to check out my other podcast, Saturday Morning Rumble Wheel. Uh, with me and Daniel Cross. We have a very special episode. Actually, it already be dropped, so it's not a surprise. Uh, we recorded it today. We had Kevin Anton from the Iron Claw movie. He plays Harley Race. Nice. It was incredible. Such a fun guy to talk to. He he seems really stoked for the movie. He uh, He's very excited for everyone to see it. So um, it'll already be out by the time you hear this, but we just recorded it today. So super cool. Nice. Looking forward yeah, to so hearing that. Yeah, so check out the uh, Saturday Morning Rumble Wheel. And then also check out Fully Posable every Sunday with Jeff and Scott, the original wrestling figure podcast. What, what's that? I don't know. Some show I, I've heard of. I, I heard it's two schlubs. Some, <laughs> two schlubs that just two talk, schlubs. About, talk about toys. Yeah. <laughs> no, man. It was, and I, I've joked with you about this before. I remember when I found you guys, it was totally by accident. And uh, Fully Posable, what's this? 
wrestling figure podcast oh, that's cool i was like oh this is gonna suck <laughs> <laughs> and i listened to it I was like oh dang this is actually really cool and you know it, it's kind of crazy like a whole community's been formed since then you know a bunch mm-hmm. of cool people man oh yeah and you know what this is gonna suck and it still does <laughs> <laughs> no no it doesn't i think you guys do an awesome job nice um, man i appreciate it <laughs> oh yeah for sure it's it's always a go-to listen for me um <laughs> actually um you haven't seen 8-bit christmas right no i haven't so I, I don't think it's I don't know if it's the Saturday is is your intro song the Saturday night's main event song? It's the original Saturday night's main event song because it was called uh Anim Animotion. Uh yeah. yeah, something like that. It was an 80s song. Well, they play that in 8-bit Christmas. Oh, do they? Yeah, a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> well, so he he he's in Chicago, the kid is, and he's probably 10 or so, 10 or 11. And his mom bought snow boots on sale. And so she bought girl purple, like snow boots. And they're all like sparkly and stuff. <laughs> and, and anytime he puts the boots on, they play that song. <laughs> it's just something that's so funny about it. Seeing him walk with that song playing. It's just like, gosh, dang, it's so funny. And so he's like trying to hide it. Like there's this big bully that beats everybody up. And he's trying to hide the boots so the bully doesn't see him, you know, because obviously you don't want that to happen. And it's funny because, um, He's telling the story to his daughter as an adult in, in mm-hmm. current day. And she's like, why do people care about purple boots? He goes, it was a different time. In the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> people were more close-minded. <laughs> oh, we were. And that's hundred percent truth. Cause Scott and I it were was. just, Scott and I were just talking about that. I know we're rounding out the show, but Scott and I were just talking about that. Uh, we've noticed that young kids nowadays are wearing pajamas to school. Oh Yeah we couldn't wear pajamas to school if we got if we even thought about wearing pajamas it, oh we would get made fun of to you know the ends of the earth okay imagine in that day wearing a shirt to school that was like a walmart shirt right mm-hmm. you know what i mean and, and like that to me was never like a big deal but i'm certainly not a fashionista i, I promise you that but <laughs> there was man i think because of those that era of I think nowadays more people are on their phones. They don't care about as many right. people around them. But back in those days, man, I think it was almost like trying not to be the one kid getting made fun of. So yep. you just try to slide under the radar you best you can. But yeah, man, I, I there were so many, so many things like that. And I remember this kid one time, he wore like a, a Tommy Hilfiger shirt. Remember that? I don't even mm-hmm. know if it's still around, but it looked like a knockoff or something. And oh gosh, people used to roast him for that. And it's like, ugh, you know, <laughs> It's terrible. Oh, when we had sunglasses, we had they had to make sure that they said that Oakley and not right. o- Oaky. Yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Because the those were the knock stuff, those were the knockoffs at the flea markets was Oakies. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It was a different time, man, for sure. Yeah. Anyways, oh, sorry. Oh man, no, that was fun stuff. But uh, thank you guys for checking out the TV Toy Cast, and we will see you in the toy aisle. <laughs>